Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There is a podcast that is a world unto itself. A podcast as boundless as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the place between light and shadow. Science and superstition. You've entered the fifth dimension. The latest series from the Consequence Podcast Network will open the door into Jordan Peele's new revival of The Twilight Zone, and it will go as far as the limits of the mind itself. Subscribe to The Fifth Dimension. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network, geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome to Nerdy Show, an increasingly peculiar podcast that's veered wildly off the course of the uh, trajectory that we laid out for us uh, about 10 years ago, and and now we're just a show where if you're not listening to it already, you're probably never going to listen to it ever again. <laughs> Hi, I'm Cap. Hey, I'm Doug. I'm Eleanor. Wait, who? Eleanor. Eleanor, Eleanor, Eleanor what? Eleanor Edwards. I've been here the whole time. I don't... I don't know what you're doing. Oh, at. Eleanor, you've been on the show innumerable times, um, I, and everything is normal, and nothing is at all, is in the least bit strange. Yeah. I, I don't know why you're making a big deal about it. You're right. But, I don't know either. Right. You have quite literally been here the whole time. Yeah. That's what's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, um, Eleanor is my partner, and uh, she has literally been here the whole time. <laughs> uh, you may know her from such tr- nerdy show triumphs as. The Triforce Mike Fenn tribute. Uh, uh, one of the voices in the Air of Mystery uh, airplane escape room commercial from the Thanksgiving multiverse episode. And uh, more, most recently, a librarian in the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program Series 2, Episode 3. Get off my books. <laughs> Get that's, off my books. That's both not the line you read in that skit and also... <laughs> <laughs> like, I was going to take a movie line, <laughs> take the noun out, replace it with books. <laughs> um, that line was delivered by Aaron Holland's daughter, Allison, originally, uh, but it was get off my plane as in the film Air Force One, you know. Doug got it. Doug, I know Doug. I'm not explaining it to okay. Doug. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I don't know who I'm explaining it to, but whoever you are, hey, thanks so much for tuning in. This show <laughs> has gotten, I mean, we have... We have veered just, off the rails. We've crashed yeah. into a ravine. All the passengers are drowning in the water. I just want to do more movie quotes with, I'm getting too old for this book. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't kill my book. <laughs> I don't read. <laughs> You're going deep with them Harrison Ford cuts. I love it. Uh, that's why they call it the book, sweetheart. I know that one. That was Temple of Doom. <laughs> Thank you. I was just trying to conjure up a regarding Henry quote, but I couldn't think of anything <laughs> other than like, I'm regarding nope. books. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mosquito book. <laughs> Mosquito coast. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You came here for the Harrison Ford jokes and that's why you're sticking around. But sadly, that ship has sailed. Did any of you either see the guns of Navarone ever? Never. No. Never even heard of it. The gun. <laughs> the Guns great. of Navarone is a Gregory Peck film with David Niven and a lot of other classic actors at the time and um, it's a World War II action movie that's not a war movie it's basically what inspired Hideo Kojima to do Metal Gear oh, oh um, that sounds rather important okay and it's Harrison Ford's first movie ever where he played a stuntman slash extra and there's a scene where they steal this Nazi truck or they they like they, they pretend they they're dressed as Nazis and they're waving down the truck like oh help us we're our truck broke down and they're gonna knock these guys out and take that truck, so they do that, and what they didn't realize is that there's still one Nazi in the back, 
So they're like, all right, we got these guys. We're going to tie them up. We're going to leave them here. And the Nazi in the back of the truck starts leaning out because it's like a canvas truck. So he pulls the canvas back and he like pulls his pistol out. But then they catch him and they knock him out and then he's fine. Or actually, no, I think they shoot him actually. But either way, that canvas Good. pulls back. And as the canvas pulls back, you just sort of see like the, the half of the face, like the nose and eye of a baby Harrison Ford because he oh. plays, he's a stuntman. And, he's, and, he's, <clears throat> and they confirm that this is him. So this is like 1960, I want to say, two or 63 wow that is early that's crazy yeah. no he's he's like a, he's like a baby and i didn't realize he was in hollywood then yeah well i th- i don't know i don't know if all the deals but he did confirm that it was him because in an interview they said is it true like this they've been saying this is you for years and it's in this famous movie and is it really you and he goes yeah it is me and i was paid as a stuntman and the most <laughs> important part was that i landed on my face so you couldn't see my face and sure <laughs> enough you, they, they go they rake it with machine guns and he goes Bah! and he falls forward his hands cover up his face like you know buries his, his face in his arms in a most natural way if you're being shot he did his job he did his job and, and that's why he's well. in star wars <laughs> <laughs> and man he could hang a door yeah apparently, <laughs> yeah hang a door with the best of them because he used to hang doors oh for francis ford coppola oh okay <laughs> anyway um so nerdy show wow um here we are it's been a time um you've no doubt heard perhaps the update with me sounding really exhausted i went back and i listened to that and i was like whoa that's i don't sound good (laughs) um we've been we've been up to a lot of shenanigans behind the scenes we've been alluding to a lightning dogs project that um we're still gonna allude to for just a little while longer just a little while um like a few more days or is it like a week Maybe more like maybe more like a week, because let's just say a week. But but keep your eyes peeled to all Lightning Dogs feeds, including the podcast feed, for the announcement of the biggest thing we've ever done. Um, and it's not a television series, but it is something of substance. And it is on the way. Yes, <laughs> like it is. It is. If you are charting how to get to point A to point B. This is like a little, this is not A, because that's where you start, and it's not B, but it's like this thing in the middle. What would you call it? A and a quarter. A and a quarter. Eh. <laughs> or just eh. Eh. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, it's something, it's something real, and uh, so immediately, as soon as Cthulhu ended, which was a very much a down-to-the-wire race, far more than we ever anticipated, um... Then, then we dove right headfirst into this extremely complicated Lightning Dogs project. And meanwhile, uh, there's been, you know, we all got day jobs, and uh, and one of those day jobs now incorporates Eleanor into it. Uh, Eleanor is a co-host on a new podcast over at Consequence Podcast Network, The Fifth Dimension, a Twilight Zone podcast. Yeah, and I thought you'd let me say that, but. <laughs> Nice job. I, I was nice job. I was segueing so you could elaborate on it more. I'm just going to be the silent host over here. <laughs> I thought you, you you were the silent host this whole time, wasn't that the whole thing? <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I've been here the whole time. Uh, <laughs> Spooky. Yeah, just like the Twilight Zone. That's right. I'm a co-host on the Twilight Zone. Oh shit. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a co-host. I'm a co-host on the Fifth Dimension. A Twilight Zone podcast for Consequence of Sound, just so everyone knows. Do you feel cheated that you are co-hosting that podcast before you ever co-hosted this one? <laughs> I I knew that this wasn't my arena. You're not a nerd. I know because nerds don't think I'm cool either. That's not. Doesn't true. that make you? Doesn't wouldn't that make you the ultimate nerd if that yeah, was the case? That's true. I'm winning nerdum. Why don't you tell us all about RoboCop, Eleanor? I love RoboCop. It's the <laughs> it's the perfect. Uh, representation of oh I can't do it <laughs> <laughs> what of uh, 80s political whatever I mean it's not the 80s it's all come true you know you've got the um, the the way women are finally equal in this future but everything still sucks and um, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be honest I haven't seen Robocop in a very long time oh. and when I did see it as a kid I really didn't care for it so you're gonna have to actually try and sell it to me <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, dead or alive, you're coming with books. <laughs> All right, no, you got me. <laughs> like that's enough. That's dead or alive, you're coming with books. The the weird thing is, I I do love Ro- RoboCop, and I saw it kind of recently again um, for the fifth time or whatever. Um, but it uh, it's about the privatization of the police force and how they start thinking, okay, well, let's automate instead of using 
you know like military just, overforce or whatever like. yeah and uh it dehumanizes this person who then has to humanize a robot and uh, <laughs> but it's about um capitalism and how fucked that is and how everybody loses with that except that you know this this rope i am losing it i'm sorry except this, for the gerber company apparently they're, they're gonna stay in business exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah because they have to feed the robots you are good yeah um but one of my favorite moments from the movie this time around watching it this time around was um when he saves a woman who's being attacked by two muggers. Well, I've seen this one a million times. Yeah, yeah. scene yeah. 27, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we all know scene 27. Where he says, you're... You've madam. Ex- <laughs> yeah, madam, you've experienced a traumatic event. I'm calling a rape crisis hotline or whatever. <laughs> and I loved it because it's so uh, appropriate because you still have that inclination of, oh, he saved her. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, you get reminded that that's not really the appropriate response and you know even even now it's still a great reminder that we suck at how we deal with all that shit traumatic events <laughs> especially handling i don't i, I don't want to see robocop and feel like a downer i want to be reminded of how shitty everything is oh well that's what it is uh, i guess that was my problem you know my, yeah. you know what my real actual problem was my first robocop thing was playing robocop versus terminator on the sega genesis and no that was a thing it's not not nerdy enough what <laughs> what there so like i grew up watching terminator and that you know those movies are flawless so you know say what you want <laughs> <laughs> everybody likes those movies but there was this sega genesis game called robocop versus terminator and i only knew about robocop from like peripheral stuff like daryl ivory coming with me and he had the gun in his leg and whatever and I'm like, this is going to be the most awesome game that ever existed. RoboCop versus Terminator. Let's do it. And you put it in, and it's like, you know, it starts like RoboCop. Where it's like, what, what year did RoboCop take place? Hmm. It's like 20-something-something. Something. I mean, yeah. yes, it is 20-something-something, something, but so is everything. 20, 20XX, whatever. Uh, it's It starts that way, and it's like, in Detroit, blah, 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 blah. And the opening scroll, it's like, you know, Skynet sends Terminator back through time to kill another future leader of the whatever. Like, oh, this is it. Here we go. And then you're playing as RoboCop, and you're just running through the streets of Detroit shooting other Terminators so that they stop doing whatever they're doing. And I'm like... I want to play the Terminator. I thought this was Terminator versus RoboCop, not RoboCop mows down a million Terminators. <laughs> and that's basically what it was. And so I was super disappointed as a kid. But I mean, that game is off brand for both franchises and should never exist. It's no AVP. Like, no, but man, dude, if they did, if you told, if you said, Mr. Banks, uh, we're thinking about remaking RoboCop versus Terminator, the video game, what would you recommend? I got a billion ideas now. Like, there's so many things you could do with it, even though I'm not as familiar with RoboCop, but I'm at least more now than I did when I, when I played the original video game. Uh-huh. But no, so many awesome things you could do. So, well, don't leave us in suspense. First, pick who you want to play as. That's first thing. You're going to be Terminator or you're going to be RoboCop. And you have to make it like a buddy cop movie where they have to team up at the end because you have to have the good Terminator. You know what I'm saying? Because that's a, people want, you know, you can have the bad Terminator that comes through time, got to kill whoever. So they got to send back the Arnold Terminator. And of course, Robocop is chasing that Terminator, thinking that's the one that's out there and after him. And then you, you don't have understand. The robot yeah. And then you can have the Rock'em I'm Sock'em. a cop, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> then you got to have the Rock'em Sock'em fight between these two clunky robots. Meanwhile, the T1000 is like doing whatever. And of course, Robocop can't track the T1000 because he doesn't understand how it works, but he can definitely see that this Terminator is like a robot like him. There's so many cool things like that. You could do, dude. Co-op. You tell me you wouldn't do a co-op, buddy cop, RoboCop, Terminator game. Was that game never in arcades? Nope. Weird. What a weird fucking game. Like, who was there? I don't understand. I don't. I never had a Genesis, so I never played it. But like, I don't know what to do with that game. You can look up like playthroughs online, and it it it, it looks okay as a game, like the look of it. But we're getting way off topic. But well, <laughs> not that there was one. There, yeah, there isn't. There isn't a topic. <laughs> Just, We've gone full topicless nerdy show. No, but uh, topicless. <laughs> yeah, back back when they were doing crazy shit with video games that they're not doing anymore. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just sitting here thinking about how Robert Patrick has beautiful blue eyes and Peter Weller has beautiful blue mm-hmm. eyes, and they're two of the few who have blue eyes and aren't fucking creepy. Spoken as someone who has blue eyes. Do you believe that you're, you or yourself are creepy? I can't look in the mirror. Am I creepy? <laughs> 
I, sometimes, yeah. Am I creepy? I got blue eyes. Do you? You, you know me for how long? <laughs> like you're just, sitting across from me. I was like kind of dim. I guess. Like I just so rarely stare into your eyes. But I'll start now. Yeah, look in this blue. They're blue. <laughs> They're beautiful. Are we? Are we I gotta get out color? of here. <laughs> what color, Cap? You don't have. You don't have. You, it's not. Is it blue or is it? What is it? What? Who's me? I can't tell right now. Yeah. Oh, they're blue. They're 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 blue. They're bluish. Yeah. I just thought they were really pale. I couldn't tell if they were like blue or if they were like well, lighter. Uh... Yeah, they don't. They don't like the sun. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't like the sun either. Like, and that's just not even having to do with my eyes. Well, the rest of my body likes the sun. <laughs> that's kind the of. vampirism. Anyway, yeah, I don't um, think it does. But well, I mean, not no. I mean, like it, it likes it. It's just it's a it's a it's a dangerous relationship where mm-hmm. I have to take precautions. You know, yeah. sometimes you're in a relationship where you have to take precautions, Eleanor. I wouldn't know. I think the t- the takeaway here is if you make. A video game for children mm-hmm. that's based on two rated R films. It's not going to sell that well. Mm. Mm. Well, let's not do that again. Well, but, then. but RoboCop at the time had an animated series. Did it? it? And a line of action figures. Yep, that's true. <laughs> Where this have is, I been? This is all in the wake of RoboCop three, which we've intentionally oh, right. avoided. That's right. Yeah. But RoboCop, RoboCop is great, Doug. RoboCop deal. Whoa, RoboCop <laughs> deals with capitalism, sexism, automation, futurism. Classism, drugs, mean guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's a cop, so I hope so. Like, Guns, yeah. you know, scary it, emotions. It, yeah, and it deals with all the major issues. Advertising. Um, I'd buy that for a dollar. Privatization. It's like in the future, the hospitals are privatized, and then the police force is privatized, and it's like, oh fuck. And it starts with the prisons, and it's like, yeah. You know, maybe I'd appreciate it on a on a better level now, as the same way when uh, we we watched Gremlins two recently, mm-hmm. or I rewatched Gremlins two recently. Cap was seeing it for the first time, and I know, I know, I know, out there, I know, yeah. I know, <laughs> but it's okay. I've seen them all now. Yeah, well, that, yeah, we're all caught up. And Gremlins two is a vision. It's one of the greatest <laughs> films ever made. And I liked it as a kid because it was cartoony, and Gremlins are being crazy. But as an adult now, I was seeing it. I was seeing it for the first time as an adult, and then all of the shit that's in there, it was like they straight up predicted like a lot of stuff that was, was very surprising. Which I guess we'll have to save it for another episode or whatever. Did we? Did we record something for that? Or that was just for funsies. We just watched it for fun. Yeah. Well, yes, uh, we watched it for fun. Wink. Um, but yeah, we 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 maybe should keep our mouths shut about Gremlins because that is a business project. Okay, I guess so. Sorry. But the point being is that <clears throat> you can either cut this out or leave it. I'll leave it up to you. I'm not sure if I'm editing this at all because yeah. I have no spare time. <laughs> mm. But like in Gremlins 2, I watched it again recently as an adult, and there's a lot of stuff in there that's political and like like uh, capitalist stuff that I'm just like, they were saying this shit back then? That's surprising. So maybe that's why RoboCop is worth another look for me. Yeah, it's annoyingly relevant. Yeah. It really shouldn't be, but it is. I mean, they both have dark deco corporate architecture in them. Yeah. Um. There. Yeah. There are some very there are some very poignant socio political observations happening in unexpected places uh, when these films are being made in the late eighties and early nineties. And uh, and boy, Gremlins two is not. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. I mean, I mean, it is funny. It's funny, but it's like, <laughs> but it is, it is brilliant satire. It it's is not. Of, it is not lazy. No, it's one of the most self-aware movies ever made. The Key and Peele sketch, really, like, that's the that's that was my that was legitimately my idea of what Gremlins Two was for for my entire life. Um, but the reality is, is when you see all that insane shit happening at the same time, it's all extremely calculated. Yeah, <laughs> but still a good skit. Oh it's yeah, great, it's great, great skit, great skit. Mm-hmm. Hey, speaking of uh, Jordan Peele, yeah, why don't you why don't you explain a little bit more about what you do over at the Fifth Dimension? Okay, Jordan Peele has brought Twilight Zone to the forefront of our awareness again um, by reviving the series, and uh, he's doing a really fantastic job of making great TV. I'm glad to hear mm. that because I was really because I'm a huge fan of the original Twilight Zone. Yeah, so for like. I, I I knew next to nothing about what they were going to be doing with it. So like, have, have, you, have you seen how many episodes have you seen of the new one? I've only seen three, but um, I've enjoyed them all in varying degrees. Um, it's different for sure. For starters, they're an hour long, and most of the original ones are a half hour, except, except wow. season four. Yeah, except season four. And I was watching season four recently, um, and it they sort of both suffer from the same 
um, problems with longer episodes where you have time to go through all the possible theories so you're more likely to come up with an idea of mm. what might be going on. Um, About halfway through it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a little bit slower, but then it also means that you get to, especially with the Jordan Peele version, you get to create really beautiful scenes and it, it's like you're in a movie and um, it's good. He did a good job. What would you Now, I don't have this opinion, mm-hmm. but what would you say to someone who's just like, Oh, they're only making Twilight Zone because Black Mirror is popular, and and now they're just trying to be like, Black Mirror is the true modern Twilight Zone. What's the new Twilight Zone going to actually do? That's Twilight Zony and not just they're pretty show. They're pretty different. Um, I mean, they're extremely different. Uh, Black Mirror is almost always about technology. Um, it's almost always about not trusting technology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and Twilight Zone, especially for me, it's it's about um not trusting the people behind the technology, but Jordan Peele's versions are are the, the episodes that I've seen have a lot more, um, societal commentary. The, the last episode that I watched, um, was episode three replay replay, um, which was almost entirely sprung from the black lives matter, um, movement. Mm. Um, so there's a lot more social commentary in that. It's not just technological. It's okay. it's almost not. Which is in line with the original show too. Uh, also, yeah. also the presence of any kind of like metaphysical happenings whatsoever. The the unexplainable does yeah. it does take place, which is not something that normally happens um, in Black Mirror. Uh, choose your own adventure episode aside. And I do I love Black Mirror, but they're different things, and they're both really good. Cool. Also, I suppose it should be noted that um, that this series is on CBS All Access, the same platform that has Star Trek Discovery, so it is behind a paywall. Um, but it also is a very strong argument for poning up some cash because it's good. It's good. Yeah. How, how do you feel about Jordan Peele as the host? And I, and I only say that because every time I see Jordan oh, you Peele, mean, you mean the narrator as well as the narrator. Because every time I see a commercial with him in it, and he's like trying to be like, "This is gonna be the Twilight Zone." It just looks like he's smiling, and I just and I and it's like and I know, and, it's, and I know it's me projecting yeah. onto whatever he's doing because he's he's doing he's probably doing a great job. But every time I see him in brief glimpses, I'm always projecting this thing of like, oh, he's about to make a punchline here because I'm so used to them pulling that hard right turn on Key and Peele where it's like serious skit and then right then then halfway through suddenly it's a joke because the zombies are afraid of black people or you know or whatever. And there, he was so good at getting that tone mm-hmm. and then making it funny that i keep expecting the punchline <laughs> if that makes sense well there there kind of is a punchline it's just a lot subtler you know he knows he's he knows he's funny <laughs> I, okay <laughs> he knows that he can't help but be funny i think um the first episode that i saw was the comedian which is the second one to air air in quotes but they both the first two episodes both came out simultaneously the same day. yeah so um on that one he it, it's so uh, melodramatic that you're like, oh, this isn't going to work. This is ridiculous. Um, but in both the other episodes that I've seen, it was very natural and it, it really did work. I mean, he he clearly loves it. And I think that he knows that it's a weird trope to have him come in and say, oh, I'm, he's about to find out. <laughs> I'm setting the scene. Yeah. And I know something you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, that, I mean, I I never had any doubt that he was a huge fan because it clearly showed even in other things that he did. But it was just the idea of like, can he carry it as a host? I know he's got the talent, yeah. But will the audience go with it, right? And in, in a serious way mm-hmm. with him attached was was the concern. I think in the comedian intro, he really does raise an eyebrow, literally, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, <laughs> I get you, or maybe I don't. I don't know. Um. But yeah, he he does a great job, and there are little nods in the uh, new series to the old series where it's kind of like, yeah, I'm a fan too, so we're in this together. Let's do some new stories. Cool. Yeah, it's good. Because like my my uh, with Rod Serling being such a staple of it, mm-hmm. he's even kind of creepy when he's not being creepy. Like even <laughs> even at the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, it's not even his voice; it's an impersonator. But the fact that he's there in the suit and he's like behind this elevator door, <laughs> and someone's just doing their best Rod Serling impression, and I still get freaked out. Well, I I saw a, ooh, 
I saw a skit recently um, that he did. Uh, Jack Benny. Jack, was it Jack Benny? It was Jack Benny, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, where he's. It's Rod Serling in Jack Benny. Right, I've seen some of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Jack Benny goes into a Twilight Zone episode, and Rod Serling's there, and um, and he's just being a kind of normal guy. And I was thinking, oh, you don't really talk like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. This is so weird. You, you were probably a great guy to hang out with. <laughs> the weird thing, there's there's this really cool interview with him. It's a pretty mouth you've got. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's an interview with Mike Wallace where he, Mike Wallace is interviewing. Rod Serling before the Twilight Zone. Mike is it, is Wallace it, wants my body. <laughs> it's before it's before uh, Twilight Zone hits the air, and um, I'll have to find it and I'll, I'll link it to you because it's really interesting. But he, I don't, again, I don't know how much of it is naturally how the cadence of his voice. But even when Mike Wallace is like, "So tell us about this new show, the Twilight Zone," he's like, "Well, it's an investigation into this," thing. and he's not, he's not, <laughs> he's not putting on air. It's just kind of like he's just clearly very passionate about it, and he just like really is has a such a, a sharp mind about what he wants to say with it mm-hmm. that he's like eager to talk about it. So it just sort of, he just, I don't know. It's, it's not, it's not a very natural thing cause it is promoting the show, but he, he doesn't slip into the narrator, but he clearly, it clearly came from him is what I'm saying. It's yeah. like when you watch him get into that mode when he's just, I'm just so excited for the show, Mike, it's going to be <laughs> great. And you're going to love it. It's like, it's, <laughs> it's really cool to see it happen. I'll, I'll have to find it. <laughs> there are some words that he just says, hilariously like uh like smoking, robots smoking looks so fucking cool when no he's like, yeah but that's he makes he, it look cool he doesn't take a drag he just holds a cigarette yeah i'm talking even the mic while well, he's puffing away and oh, okay. just makes <laughs> it's it look a great. filthy habit yeah. boy times have changed um but you're right he does say some funny words yeah like robots yeah robots <laughs> there was one in the jack benny too but i don't remember there was what was it oh it was so strange but it's like it's weird. It's weird. It's weird how someone who who has such calculation about the way that they it's, it's enunciate a, their words. It's, it's, it's a thing. Sounds silly. I like uh, when I saw First Man, and everyone in First Man was calling it the Gemini, oh. the Gemini program. <laughs> I heard you're gonna go fly on Gemini. It's like yeah, I think I might. You know, it's just like <laughs> Gemini. Yeah, whatever. It's like there's Mercury, there's Apollo, and there's Gemini. It's just so <laughs> weird. That is weird. Um, I but guess that, that's what they called it at the time. You can hear it in interviews. That's how they said it. Is it because everybody was from Texas or something? Or? I guess. You know, I mean... Uh, You're from the Space Coast. Where's Neil Armstrong from? I don't remember. I know They Buzz don't Al- teach you this in school? Buzz Aldrin's from Ohio. And I know I remember that. Ohio. Because, because they point out... <laughs> Ohio. Ohio gozaimasu. Because <laughs> um, uh, they say if um, if you're born in Ohio... I don't remember the exact number, but the chances of you becoming an astronaut are significantly higher than if you're born in any other state. Oh man! And it's um, and it uh, there's no reason. It just happened to be that way, and it's and it, I, in my own head, because they got rocket fuel in their water. Yeah, there's got to be a reason. I just think if you're a child growing up in Ohio and you live on a farm and all you see is a big <laughs> sky above you every night, like I get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like, it's just like there's something about it. it's like. Uh, I don't know Texas nah it's not good enough still too much like Ohio it's like Florida nah too much like Ohio even though it's not really <laughs> and it's like well in both those places you can go up and get out of here it just ah. seems to make sense yeah I think you're right but there must be a reason there must be either like something in the schools or maybe there's I think because more of a flying community I, I think you really hit it there because I think there's an aviation thing going on like because mm. uh, uh, you don't just you don't just apply for astronaut like you have to have something and if you go to like mit yeah, uh, that's the right stuff i believe <laughs> yeah you have to have the right stuff and it's uh you you have to have an education and you have to ha- like or you have to have a lot of uh, piloting experience especially for the early astronauts it was a lot of test pilots mm-hmm. that they wanted so a lot of them came out of that neck of the woods i guess so i ended up i ended up at kennedy space center at least uh, once a year these days which is which is weird uh it's expensive but it's always 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 worth it and it was really special because i got to go there with um an old friend uh and his very young child and um and seeing them both reacting to things like seeing the saturn V rocket in person Mm -hmm. and the reveal of like having that there's they they do this whole dramatization where you're in the actual like launch control room which is probably not the name of it um and and reenacting the moment of the the first like launch of the Saturn V rocket and all that, it's very powerful. It's like there's a lot of they know how to stage their exhibits. Like no, that's far better than any theme park can ever do. Is right. what they do there. Their reveal of the space shuttle Atlantis, they make you go through this whole like history thing. You're like, come on, just show me the spaceship already. But then they do it, and you're like, whoa, <laughs> wow, how did 
this is crazy. <laughs> like it really, um, so it's amazing. And experiencing it through that was, was special, but that's really an aside to how many times I inevitably see the John Kennedy speech of we're going to go to the moon mm. and do the other things, yeah. <laughs> and, which I'm always, I always get so hung up on. What are the other things? Did we get to those? Not because they are easy, but because no, they no, no, are no, no, hard. No. Okay, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what the other things are because what? he says it earlier in the speech. Yeah. Uh, oh, he, does he? he yeah. Does, he says yeah. it's, um, he lays out the idea of why going to the moon is crazy. And it's because he's, he, I can't remember it verbatim, but he says something along the lines of, we have to build a machine that has a, uh, an accuracy fi- better than the finest Swiss watch. We have to use alloys that can withstand the heat of reentry and the heat of radiation. Many of these metals have been, not yet been invented. And we have to do, and like, you're like, what the, okay, wait, 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 wait. We're going to make a new metal? What the fuck are you talking about, JFK? We have to make a rocket that's that big that runs better than the finest watch that's available? Are you out of your mind? And he says all these impossible things. And so then he says, we choose to go to the moon and do these other things, which all sound equally crazy. Okay, that makes a lot more sense and yeah. also shatters um, everything that I was thinking, which is uh, it. he inspired uh, in me perhaps like uh, some kind of like erotic comedy um <laughs> no but okay because <laughs> you, you it's called the other things yeah and you go to the moon and you do the other thing like you, playing you have, golf on the moon we will do those other things no 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 the, the other things are moon people you you mm-hmm. because like, this is inspired in part oh. by by a film that we're we all know and love it's called nude nude on the moon mm-hmm. uh which is a uh a a nudist exploitation film filmed in the beautiful Nudovision. Uh, be- be- beautiful Nudovision. Um, it's filmed at Coral Castle in Miami, and really incredible uh, occult-oriented uh, roadside attraction, which I can't recommend enough. It's incredible. Uh, but uh, but Nude on the Moon is this very cheesy titty film um, made in the nineteen fifties. A cheesy titty film. Oh yeah, there's cheese and there's Hot. titties. Moon cheese, mostly moon cheese. <laughs> there you go, perfect. Okay, um, you brought it back. So uh, I, I mean, and it, it's it's all, it's just boobs. Like <laughs> that's that's all. It's like it's like you get you get like maybe twenty minutes of establishment of like of two of two fine white gentlemen smoking pipes in a laboratory, and then they go to the some other planet and encounter strange exotic topless Amazons. Like cheese grommet. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but anyway, so we should go to the moon and 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 and. And JFK personally goes to the moon, and 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 as he is wont to do, has to uh, make uh, you know handsome nineteen uh, sixties uh, JFK love to the other things, uh, not because they are easy, but because he is hard. Oh God, <laughs> um, wasn't this a Muppets skit? I, what the Kuzbanians? Yeah, <laughs> I will say you 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 talking about going to the moon and it being like this weird surreal thing uh, remind me that um, I. Uh, am a subscriber to the Criterion channel. Thank you for your service. Yeah, because I because once Filmstruck was gone, I was like, shit, I can't. Like, I slept too long on Filmstruck. I gotta, I gotta hop on. I can't let it happen again. So I, so I subscribed to the Criterion channel, and until it launches, they're doing like one movie a week, mm-hmm. and they released one last week, and it was called The Fabulous Baron Munchausen. And it's a different Baron Munchausen than this the one is I'm the one. With. This is the one that inspired Terry Gilliam. Interesting, because it is a surrealist film. Ah. And uh, I'd never heard of it. I didn't know anything about it. Not only did it inspire Terry Gilliam, but it inspired like a host of like like a million other things, right? And there's a whole list. Like when you go on Criterion, it tells you all the people that say that they credit this film as like something that inspired it. It's like a it's like a Czech film. It's like from Czechoslovakia. And uh, let's see, I want to get the year right because it was made in 1962, but they film it as if it's a silent movie. Like there's there's voices, there's audio, there's everything. But the framing of it and the staging of it, you know, like on really old silent movies, they'll tint the whole thing blue when it's night. Yeah. And they'll tint the whole thing yellow when you're in the desert. Same thing. So it's like, dude, I'm not, they didn't list George Miller as an inspiration, but it totally fucking is. Like the, every, every, the last name, any great surrealist thing or any great heavy like Vista viewing thing. And it really comes back to this. And I'd never heard of it before, but I sat down and I watched it. And we kind of have to watch it because <laughs> like, it's so surreal, weird, and kooky. Yeah, twist my arm. You said and, all the magic words for me. And because the way it begins, remember, it took, they filmed this in 1962 in Czechoslovakia. The movie begins with a moon landing mission. <laughs> so they, they clearly it's been on everyone's minds, you know, to go to the moon, go to the moon, go to the moon. And they show um, like a rocket landing on the moon and spacemen get out. And they're like, you know, oh, they're looking around. They're, you know, there's no speech or nothing because it's just the opening of the movie. But the astronaut looks down. And he sees footprints that are already there. Ah. 
and he sees like uh like a like a handkerchief and he sees like an old gramophone like <laughs> whatever and he's like what the fuck and he's got this like and he keeps walking to the path and you see this guy up on the hill being hello hello there and he's like and this what the fuck and it's this guy on the moon and he waves him over and it's Cyrano de Bergerac <laughs> he's like thank you for joining us on the moon on this pleasant day you must be a moon man that's why you're wearing that strange outfit and this guy is like he's lost his mind like what the fuck is happening and it's not just Cyrano de Bergerac it's like three other really famous people and they're like where's our host our host there he is on the crest above there Baron Munchausen and he comes like riding down on a horse they have this like table laid out for dinner and this astronaut's like well I've gone bonkers but fuck it and he just starts sitting there talking with them and they're like let's cut up some fine food and whatever and you like where the fuck is this going because they're on the moon is this the 60s what is this and baron munchausen is like oh this moon man he's not eating he's not partaking the food because of that helmet on his head what if we remove it and they go perhaps he can't perhaps he needs it to breathe that would make sense because he lives on the moon and it's like it's so crazy anyway the point is they decide to put this dude on a boat to take him back to earth and show him what what life is like on earth with earth people because he doesn't know because he's a moon man and he's just going with it because he wants to he doesn't understand what's happening to him and what follows is a series of misadventures with weird giant cardboard cutouts animated horses animated flying dolphins in the sky it's so fucking out there but it is amazing and wow. not and not in a way that's so weird that it like makes you like feel uh, like isolated. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't make you feel weird for watching it because there's always a story. Well, and there's it always sounds something like happening. an episode of Adventure Time. It is exactly an Adventure Time episode. I that, no, you've totally got it. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> it is an Adventure Time episode where a normal human person stepped into an Adventure Time, and Finn and Jake are like, "Hey, dude, what's up? Come with us. We're going to the moon today." And it's like that exactly. No, perfect. <laughs> sounds like a hipster wet dream. No, this this sounds like new wave cinema. No, this is something that hipsters would watch and be like, I totally enjoyed that. And if they kind of didn't, (laughs) I legitimately like love this movie. And like, it's like, I I can't wait to watch it again. I'm disappointed that I've only seen Munchausen by proxy. Like with a Terry Gilliam one or whatever. This was, this was the first um, Baron Munchausen thing that I've like really seen. And I haven't seen the Terry Gilliam one, but this made me want to see the Terry Gilliam one. It's, it's amazing. I mean, it's, he's always got, third act structure issues generally but it's it's fantastic i mean i it's it's the most expensive movie ever made in europe uh for like uh, two decades two decades or so so um you know i mean that doesn't make it good but uh but whoa the scale and because this was this was done in 1962 you know you you forget that it was done in 1962 because it feels timeless i don't know if that was their aim but that's what it is now it's so bizarre, but you'll know you, when you see it. You'll know what I'm talking about. That's cool. That's very cool. Well, uh, let me take this moment to thank you, fine folks, for listening and for continuing to be with us on our journeys, no matter how strange a diversion they might be. <laughs> Much like going to the moon and then being escorted back to Earth, I feel like we're look. We're not out to take advantage of you, fine listeners. We're just uh, we we know that you listening are most likely the individuals who have been with us the longest and trust us the most. And we're not wanting to take advantage of that trust. It's uh, it's simply that you know, you know that, that we're involved in some serious stuff. So um, thank you for your patience. Thank you for your trust. And also very much thank you for your support because if it wasn't for you funding us on Patreon, we would not be able to do anything that we do. Most of all, the extremely expensive and time-consuming projects that are now consuming our lives for the better, uh, such as the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program and Star Wreck, which uh, is very much back in production now. I've just heard the first score from Star Wreck this morning. Um, things are things are coming along, and if everything goes according to plan, we will have a Star Wreck miniseries um, before Cthulhu returns later this year. Now, if you're wondering what is Star Wreck, Star Wreck is <laughs> is a um, a project that was kicked off via fan funding many many years ago and fell into production hell, mostly just because we got sidetracked with a bunch of other stuff. Um, but yeah, it is Cthulhu threatened to swallow it whole. Yeah, well, that happened too. Um, it is a Star Star Trek parody, as is plainly evident. But based on weirdly a or was it Denmark or some some a, a European Star Trek parody dating back to the early '90s when it was a very rudimentary computer animation that then became a 
live action uh, series that then went on to uh, the per- the people who made this weird fan series for this very strange parody of Star Trek went on to do uh, Iron Sky, the space Nazi movie. <laughs> so anyway, we're doing our own variation on their um, their world in our own Star Trek, and uh, it will be out later. We don't have any dates yet, but bear with us. It's, um, it's underway. Uh, also forthcoming is the Call of Cthulhu Q&A, which uh, is accepting listener questions we really really hope that you'll join in and and ask questions of the cast and crew submissions are due by april 18th you can email cthulhu at nerdyshow.com um then the episode will come out as soon as we're able after that head over to hulu this march where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long catch the award-winning movie poor things starring emma stone mark ruffalo and willem dafoe Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. But uh, if, if you dig what we do, all these productions cost money. We're doing everything we can to pay the creatives who are involved in them. Sometimes not much, sometimes not at all, but if we're able to, we do pay out, um, which is a is something that a lot of people aren't able to do. And we want to make sure that we not just make, create fine quality products, but also compensate everyone for their time as needed. And also we're struggling with, comp- with well, we, want, we're not, we generally aren't able to compensate ourselves. The money that, come, that comes in from, uh, to Patreon that helps fund the Nerdy Show Network is basically at this point uh, bare bones operational costs. The more money we make, the more money we can spend on uh, helping our other series to grow and continuing to build things. Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program cost over $4,000 to make in this last series. No small thing. So uh, the more you can help us, the better. Now I say that, and and I am so very happy to say that the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program has in fact brought in a lot of new patrons and a lot of new listeners in general. It's been quite well received. Uh, it was even uh, number six and number seven on the Apple Podcast uh, literature charts for a couple days. It's not not a huge success by by any stretch just yet, but that alone was like, is like quite good. And this is all thanks to you, fine folks. Who have funded us all this time and entrusted us to make something incredible. People have said wonderful things, and I'm so very grateful because this project was uh, an ordeal. As as both of you who are only who've been like on the outskirts of this project can probably attest. Yes, I wish it all the success, but I wouldn't wish you to go through that same process again. It would have to be a little different. I really enjoyed the experience. Uh, challenging though it was, but yeah, um, been pretty, been pretty wiped out. Haven't quite recovered. Um, but I want to welcome, with all my heart, brand new patrons: Harrow X, Daniel Wimes, B Smith, uh, Jangasar, Internaut, Christopher Nitkin, Kim Malicha, Nathaniel Westcott, and a brand new executive producer of the nerdy show network oh shit that's someone giving 50 dollars a month no no small thing here please welcome the incredible marcus larson wow seriously thank thank thanks to all of you so much thank you it it really it really 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 does mean a lot uh, we're doing what we can to make sure that the that Patreon is as rewarding as possible. We do have over 30 minutes of bonus content for the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program that's recently gone out to patrons of $5 or more. Something you should know is that uh, we're, we've been speaking with Patreon recently uh, and discussing some best practices, and uh, we may need to raise the default uh, perk from $1 to $2 because credit card every for every transaction, there are credit card transaction fees. 
and the amount of money that we get from a $1 patron, we always say like every dollar makes a difference and it does, but it only makes about like 30 cents of difference. Like it's not a a dollar isn't really a dollar. So $2 is however, like actually, yeah, or a little bit more, but it's a, it's tricky. There's some credit card transaction stuff. I want to get all my ducks in a row. I need to have another meeting with Patreon. And I want, and before I do anything, I'm going to be communicating clearly to all of you about the repercussions of it and so on and so forth. Um, but uh, it might be a necessary thing. I mean, uh, they would know. They, uh, they've kind of built the website. So, um, uh, But also, we have, uh, we have a new Tee Public store. We still have sh- uh, shirts listed on Amazon, but there's a lot more products that are available with our designs at Tee Public. Tee Public is kind of like, it's run better. Uh, it's also not Amazon. And uh, there's plenty of reasons to have problems with Amazon. Um, we have brand new Cthulhu t-shirt designs up there. And also patrons uh, over $5 get um, varying degrees of discounts uh, on our Tee Public store. So um, that's another thing that we're, we're adding. We're seeing what we can do, what we can get away with, what we can budget time for. Um, but we thank all of you so much for, uh, for being with us on this journey. Um, also... Back in the day, we had a lot of fun on the Nerdy Show forums. But the forums, they got dusty. Uh, they've fallen out of vogue. And now everyone's on Discord. And there's plenty of robots on the, on the forums every now and then. Yeah, that, that's a, that is the thing that happened. We do get invaded by, by robots quite often. Um, now, I've been... Uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a huge fan of Discord, but, but I've recently... I've gotten the hang of it. Um, and... And I'm on it right now. And in the past week, we've injected a surprising amount of energy into our Discord. It's bumping. Yeah. It's really and like you've, you've been more active on it in the past few days than ever. I yeah, mean, and that's not much, but 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 it's but I've taken notice. Well, I, I'm trying to turn over a new leaf, and yeah. like I love the I, I love interacting with everybody, and it's something you know we used to do it on the forums all the time, and it stopped. You're saying much like Ariel, you want to be where the people are. Yeah, and if the people are on Discord, that's where you'll be. I want to see want to see them typing. <laughs> Um, fapping along to that? What's that word again? Oh, erotica. <laughs> <laughs> Do is there a, does Nerdy Show have a channel of that? I, well, there isn't an NSFW channel. Okay, well, I'm usually, I'm usually, I'm usually I, at work, so I If you would like it. to learn what is my favorite pornographic webcomic, you may. Oh, gosh. Nerd on the moon? <laughs> it doesn't work. Nerd on the moon. <laughs> um. And do the other things. We'll do, do all the other things. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's that, yeah, and end, end, uh, end that segment. Now on to the the next segment. Nude on the Moon 2, the other things. Oh, shit. <laughs> that could go, that could maybe go well in my little pantheon of, uh, of, of unnecessary sequels that Indiegogo. I decided to make. Indiegogo. Like, uh, like the, um, the, the spiritual sequel to, uh, Carrot Top's film, Chairman of the Board, um, Surf's Up, but it's about medieval surfs. I've talked about it on the show before. <laughs> um, and what was the other one? Oh, there's, a. Uh, there was a predator, the predator film that I pitched, um, predator gone native. Oh, I forgot about that one. Damn. That was a long time ago. Yeah. I couldn't tell you what episode to go back and listen to these, but, but I won't, I won't repeat it. Um, but maybe someday we're trying to do, okay. So here's another little bit of housekeeping. Um, nerdy show theater has become multiverse theater. We're rebranding. Uh, Nerdy Show Theater wasn't a particularly good name to begin with, and we want to do more with Multiverse Theater as a standalone like anthology series, much like the Twilight Zone. We don't. It, it can be lots of things. It can be a repository for shows like Star Trek. That is where Star Trek will live. That is where Paranoia XP lives right now, as well as the Wicked Anime RPG one shots. Um, however, it's also where Nerdcasting the Multiverse lives, and I do plan on bringing back Nerdcasting the Multiverse in some capacity as soon as I'm able in a brand new format, and it won't be called Nerdcasting the Multiverse. I think it's going to be called I Troll the Multiverse. Um, I have kind of a plot thing built out, and it is there's a, there's a lot of Twilight Zone that was that's being imbued into uh, the program. Um, but anyway, that's a story for another time. However, if you haven't, you should definitely follow Multiverse Theater. That's where Star Trek will be waiting for you at some time in the future. I'm tired of talking. Someone else talk. Uh, I was trying to think of a good movie line and put book in there. I'm like, <laughs> too old for this book. Yeah, these, these books are making me thirsty, but that was a Seinfeld quote. Um, 
Did I talk about D.B. Cooper? No, I'm not, I guess I'm not going to do it. You, no, first of all, you, you, you haven't, Laval. and that's a huge conversation, and Laval would be so mad if he wasn't here for it. <laughs> he would, yeah, so I'm going to have to save it. But now you can tell him that we talked about it. Yes, that we mentioned it. He'll get so mad. <laughs> I mean, I've been talking all day. I'm legitimately tired of talking, so maybe mm-hmm. we should wrap it up. But there's there's a couple, I suppose, a couple loose ends that, um, that and should... I, yeah, and I know that you, you're tired of talking, but you did want to give everyone a, a personal update. Yeah, uh, there's a couple things. Uh, last all caps episode I did um, was late last year, if I remember correctly, and um, I had a little cat named Sorsha, and she was not eating and not drinking, and I talked about that and about kitten fostering, um, which is something that Eleanor and I do together, and it's very nice. And um, the good news is that Sorsha's fine. She uh, she bounced back a couple days after that recording and started eating after um, being force fed quite a bit, and uh, also fed uh, what was it. Uh, some kind of uh, anti it was anti, an antihistamine um mm-hmm. which is normally to prevent itching of course but also apparently provokes appetite um so and she apparently they give it to people for vertigo but yeah i have no idea what it interesting was. but that bet thanks dr ed <laughs> um so yeah so she she bounced back and she's wonderful and so good and uh, and so hungry for food so hung- yeah she she eats everything now she is all up in our business when we're eating it's amazing <laughs> So, yeah, she's in our lives full time now. We uh, did what they call a foster fail, and we did not relinquish her back to the um, uh, Orange County Animal Services. We have kept her on in our home. She's really sweet, and I thought you might want to know that in case you were invested in the life, <laughs> life of this this poor dying kitten. But she really was at the time. She it was, was very yeah. scary. It was a close call. Yeah. Um, fading kitten syndrome. Yeah, fading fading kitten syndrome. It's the saddest named disease ever. <laughs> That's oh, I didn't know that was a real thing. It is, yeah. I mean, it's kind of general, but yeah, it basically it's the way kittens sometimes have such weak immune systems they just damn die. I thought it was know. like when cat does a pulls it back to the future and they start fading away. Yeah, like, that's what it sounds like. Cats. It's like at the, when I heard the term, I was you know, in in the emotional throes of this, and uh, there was still a part of me that went, "That's a funny name." Yeah, that's <laughs> but not, that doesn't help the situation no, at all when you're in it. No. Yeah, and it's a funny name that made me cry to think about it. It's like whooping cough. <laughs> it's like I, I know it's serious, but whooping cough. <laughs> Hello, I'm Doctor Whooping Cough. <laughs> oh, you've got the whooping cough. It's like it's named after me. I discovered it. <laughs> <laughs> In order to get your posture correct, you have to sit on the whooping cushion. It's like, the what? Is it, am I a fucking joke to you? This is serious. No. This is how you fix it. <laughs> it scares the whoop right out of you. <laughs> it scares the whoop. Then you sit down, and it is a whoopee cushion, and then he laughs. He goes, don't you feel bad to now? It's, no. You've embarrassed me. You're the worst doctor ever. This uh, this terrible skit reminds me that we should all congratulate Tony Baldini and Stacey Baldini on the birth of their child. <laughs> this reminds you. <laughs> <laughs> Please welcome Miles Baby Baldini. Oh. <laughs> Baby Baldini into the world. Tony is now a dad, and as he has said ad nauseum, finally my career of telling dad jokes will pay off. Ugh. <laughs> Not for that kid. <laughs> You don't know me, Dad. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So that's really good. Um, and the other thing is, and this is, I mean, I just haven't been communicating quite an awful bit lately on the show. But um, if you've been following in the Caps transition saga, which has not been particularly well chronicled here on Nerdy Show, I was using they, their pronouns for quite some time, a number of years. But now I'm... All up in that she, her business. So those are my pronouns now. I am a non-binary woman and uh, life is so much better. You could say I'm also all up in that she, her business, but in a totally different context. <laughs> I mean, five. that too. <laughs> Across the table. <laughs> but I know what you mean. That's what I'm saying. I'm clarifying. I'm all up in that she, her business too, but not in the same way. But I agree. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> are you? Is, is there anything you want to talk about? No. No. Okay. No, there's no nothing to report. I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, I just thought you were maybe, you know, doing uh, Wingman. Oh no, the no. series I want you to be on. Like, the, the, do you want me to be the 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 the, the lackey to, oh. to to spell? No, I want you guys explain to... explain what this is. Yeah, I please, want please pitch you. Wingman. 
you, Doug Banks, recently single, Mm -hmm. to move out to California to start your Hollywood career Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, be roommates or best friends or something with Matt Spill, who's in Hollywood starting his Hollywood career um, and is famously in the Forever Alone Zone. Um, So that's that's how you pitched it to me. It's like, oh, you need to be the side character to a Forever Alone comedy. I'm like, what? No. What are you no. what, how are you casting me in this this part? You're you're both the side character. <laughs> <laughs> that is the main character. You're equally pathetic. The city. That's, you should have said the city. Oh. LA. Look, <laughs> LA is the character. It's, Don't. It's, a, it's a buddy cop thing. If you have two men doing some kind of bro thing together, Eleanor's eyes get huge. <laughs> and she's like <laughs> buddies. Boys being buddies together. I like, just like when they care about each other. Yeah, that's why she like regular show is her Cartoon Network series and everything <laughs> else is garbage. And playing with the boys is a theme song. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to take it a gay direction, but if you want to, sure. I'm, I wasn't either, but apparently that's a mid-season <laughs> plot twist. <laughs> <laughs> what a twist. Oh, yeah. And they're, they're you know, Turns out the wingmen, they were wingmen in each other so much. He's so good, man. Look at him. He's fucking beautiful. Look at him. He's so fucking funny. Well, Why so, don't yeah. you appreciate him? I didn't want it Let's to be... Let's blow this pop stand. Get out of here. This, this, these chicks don't understand. <laughs> I didn't want it to be Top Gun, the TV show. Right. But apparently that's what you want, so... Yeah. Hello, I'm a Hollywood producer. Did you just say <laughs> Top Gun, the TV show? Oh, boy. <laughs> I just feel like you nice boys could just get a lot of pussy. <laughs> First time anyone ever said that. <laughs> that's some rock solid, like, that's some good momming right there, Eleanor. That's, that's, done, that's done more for my ego than, than, uh, than 20 years of academic study. <laughs> that's surprising. <laughs> because... Uh, Pickup line involving books. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, my dear, I don't give a book. <laughs> that's not a pickup line. No, that's a good byline. Like, <laughs> I fucked that up. I'm sorry. Uh, it's late. We're all tired. Yeah, we're all really tired. My face hurts. <laughs> it's killing me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I'm I'm very. I mean, like I'm. I've been. So, rec- someone's got to do the Tony jokes when Tony's not here. I've been I'm making sorry. a lot no, of recordings no. when it's late at night and I'm very tired and overworked, and I want that to stop. But I don't know if it's gonna for a while. But uh, anyway, I'm just saying, like, we should wrap it because I don't want to get any more tired yeah. than this. Delirium show. Bring back Nerdy Show After Dark, and it's just delirium. Should we wrap it like Tony didn't, and that's why he has a baby now? Oh! <laughs> now, hey Eleanor, why haven't you been on one of these shows before? Um, because I'm shy, (laughs) and I have a weird voice, and I'm not nerdy enough. I don't believe that. All right. Well, here I am. (laughs) Hosting a podcast about Twilight Zone. That's pretty freaking nerdy. It's true. Yeah. I mean, it's. but who doesn't love Twilight Zone? Some people. Yeah. The straights. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Dire straights? Yeah. Like Mark Knopfler, he's really not a fan of the Twilight Zone. I do not believe that. (laughs) No, I think think Mark Knopfler's all over the Twilight Zone. He's like, hey, did you see the new episode? Love that Jordan Peele. That's what he sounds like. Oh, okay. It's a Mark Knopfler impression. Yeah. I thought you were just using your normal weird voice. Man, you suck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. It's going to kill me. Who sang the song? Slipping into the Twilight Zone. Golden Earring. <laughs> oh, okay, there we go. Great. Perfect. You, you, yeah. What you've just slipped into is Eleanor's favorite running gag of the fifth dimension of Twilight Zone podcast. Oh, really? Well, you know, it has yet to be introduced on an actual show. But she's planning okay. for it, so wait for it, folks. It's yeah. coming. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are the first to know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Nerdy Show. We're going to continue this every other week schedule and see what happens. I have some plans for things I want to do this year on this program, which I think you'll really like that sort of like looking back and also looking forward at the same time. But that requires that I have a little bit more free time than I've had of late. And I've launched a podcast and and 360 vision. How do you even do that? Wait, what? You look forward and backward at the same time. Oh, you spin around in a chair real fast. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) You get real dizzy. Um, So, yeah. Thank you, as always, as I've said, for joining us on these strange little sojourns while things are a bit topsy-turvy in our world. But there are so many good things coming. We are, while, while, the, while our titular podcast of 10 years 
suffers under the weight of it, we are doing actually the best work of our lives. Meanwhile, <laughs> we just do this and we're like, what are we going to do? But I had fun. I had fun too. I love hanging out with the both of you. And I'm very, uh, very, very pleased to be hanging out with the person who I love the most in the entire world. And also Eleanor. And also Eleanor <laughs> on this show. I to say, get a room. <laughs> but then you were but like, you were talking about me. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Have a lovely morning, afternoon, or night. Have a lovely morning after. <laughs> Noon or night. <laughs> you waiting for me? I'm just gonna say good night. I good, don't know. Good, good book. <laughs> good. good. That's how tired I am. Good book night. <laughs> I'm the book night. <laughs> the good book. Ah. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.